Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. When the dating app Bumble arrived, I was its number one fan. Oh, are you using the app? Yes, we do. Nah. Uh, nah. Not like Tinder, not Tinder. Bumble? I just downloaded Bumble yesterday. Guys, Bumble's great. I'm a fan. I'm saying that like I've actually used it, which at the time I hadn't. This is from a day when I was talking to women in line to audition for the television show The Bachelor. And back then, I had a boyfriend, but I still thought I knew Bumble's entire deal. Today on the show and next week, we are diving deep into the yellow dating app. I want to find out why it's not working for me. Because I so wanted it to work for me. This was like the only redeeming thing about my breakup. I remember this glimmer of like, oh, well, at least I can join Bumble. But then once I actually had it and started using it, I quickly learned what everyone on the app already knows, but no one is talking about. In order to tell you what I've come to learn about Bumble... Let's go back in time through some never-before-aired YOY moments. And we'll hear all the times Bumble came up before I'd actually tried it out. Like this day in line. I started pushing Bumble on a woman, and then we started telling each other the app's origin story. So Bumble was, I'm pretty sure Bumble was like the girlfriend of the guy who created Tinder. Yeah, she said that, he said that he didn't want her listed as a founder because it would hurt the company. We're talking here about the amazing story of Whitney Wolfe. She left Tinder and sued for sexual harassment, claiming that she was demoted from her position as a co-founder when she broke up with her boyfriend, a fellow co-founder. He allegedly said that her age and gender would harm Tinder's brand. She was like, screw you. I'm going to make it better and I'm going to make it for women. Whitney founded Bumble when she was just 26 years old. And that story and her mostly female staff is part of why we think of Bumble as feminist Tinder. It is feminist and how it started and in how it's designed. The rules of the app are that women make the first move. So after a match happens, a countdown clock begins. And if you're both straight, it's on the lady to send the first message. For same-sex couples, anyone can match first. But in every other way, Bumble feels identical to Tinder to me. It's basically a pile of digital cards with men's faces, their job titles, their colleges, and the choice of just swiping left or right. But that day in line when I was pushing Bumble, I was also thinking of their marketing materials, their color scheme, this rich golden yellow with clean white, powerful steel gray. 
It looks like the aesthetic of your favorite blowout bar. The font is a sans serif with a few curves. Their brand is very California sunshine. Their models are all wearing shades because their romantic futures are that bright. This is everything Bumble wants us to believe about their app. It's a true feminist safe haven from the backwards men of Tinder. And even though my last serious relationship started on Tinder, and I know that there are some real gems out there, I wanted to believe that story, which is why I didn't pay attention when another woman in line that day told me this. Everything is on Bumble. All the men are super attractive. Wait, that's a complaint? Because I noticed and I was like, do these guys have an ego? They're like, all these girls are going to message me, you know? They were so hot she was spooked. She deleted the app and never returned. And then I started to hear this from everywhere. The phrase is, hotter on Bumble. Like when I asked the guys from episode one about the app during the single straight guy focus group. Is anyone on Bumble? Yes, yeah. Bumble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. A huge supporter. Yeah. Bumble's where it's at. An early advocate. When they said this, I just assumed it's because women make the first move. You guys like Bumble because the girls message you first. <sighs> but they Except don't. they don't. Right? Okay. They yeah. don't. They don't. It turns out women aren't actually doing that work. They're not thinking of a thoughtful question about the guy's life or making a funny observation about their photos. The more common move is just a first message with the word, hey. Which, to be fair, is so common on every app. On Tinder, in English-speaking countries, one in five messages are just, hey. So this thing that so many women in my life are complaining that guys are doing, saying hey, they're doing it right back on Bumble. Or sometimes they just send a few cryptic emojis. It's just like... Uh, three emojis, and you have to decipher what it means. And if you get it wrong, you don't go on a date. That sounds like every dating profile ever. So are these guys on Bumble because they're looking for an app that was designed to counter problematic and antiquated hetero dating norms? Sure, some of them. But also, they're there for the women. There's a noticeable difference in how attractive the girls are on Bumble versus other apps. Really? Do you not find it? You're gonna, walk, you're gonna walk yourself into a bad the, situation. What are you saying? They're hotter on <laughs> more Bumble? attractive. Yeah, they're absolutely are hotter on Bumble. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, I have found that, and I don't understand why. I was recently catching up with my friend Ryan. He was part of the aspiring dads focus group. He's the one who didn't want biological kids. They're all like supermodel quality girls, and I'm blown away. I could pull it up right now, and I could guarantee you the first ten I could take screenshots of and send you. It's just. The percentage of very attractive women is very high. Do you trust it? Not in the slightest. I feel like they're all fake. <laughs> Remember that word, fake. On the girl side of it, do you, are your matches like crazy hot guys that are like celebrity quality? Yeah, those first 10 guys can be a shock. Like, where have you guys all been? Because I know the Tinder pool too well. So when I joined Bumble, it suddenly felt like, were there auditions for this app? Am I going to even fit in here? It felt like walking into a bar that isn't your bar. Or a party where you're underdressed. And when we held the single lady focus group, remember them from episode 13? They agreed. I feel like the guys are hotter on Bumble, too. I've heard guys say they go on Bumble because the girls are hotter on Bumble. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Wow, so this hotter and bumble thing keeps coming up. But does it matter? 
I, I think Bumble's bullshit. I, I hate it. I expected it to be a feminist paradise, and it was just it's full not. of these very like basic I banker lawyer dudes yeah. who yes. like who like to ski. This is why I couldn't be on Bumble because right. I don't like the ski pictures. Right. But wait, it was designed for us. Yeah, I know, like but not, it's not. Though. Yeah, but guys, they're all finance bros. <laughs> I think they're all catfish. They're all too pretty. Now, this is one of the many points of the show where we need to acknowledge our New York City bias. iBanker lawyer type finance bros, they're more common here because Wall Street. And that's the other weird thing about those first 10 guys on Bumble. They're often not just good looking, but they also have great jobs and went to fancy colleges and universities. Like, Yale and Harvard shouldn't be coming up that much more often than NYU or Columbia. It's even obvious to the guys. Remember David number one? Deleted it. He's also not a Bumble fan. Everyone on Bumble is on Wall Street. So what on earth is going on here? Is Bumble marketing itself with the Beyonce and Rosé-loving white feminist girl power of hashtag lean in, hashtag with her, while actually just being a dating app for the rich and beautiful? It's like an elitist dating thing. Seems, yeah, that's, that seems right. I brought in someone with fresh eyes to take a peek at the app for the first time. So I'm Valerie Willard Trinivasan, and I'm a software engineer for Panoply. She works on our Megaphone product. That's the podcast CMS that shows like my news. We made her sign up for Bumble to test it out. And actually, she met her husband in high school. So even though she's very technically savvy, this is her first time checking out a dating app. And it didn't even tell me, like, I needed to swipe left and right, which is, like, obviously what you do. But I was like, okay, like, there's this guy's picture. Like, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I guess I can figure it out, but. So actually, it doesn't tell you which way to swipe. But once you start a swipe, there's a little pop-up that'll happen. And it'll say, did you mean to do this? So tell me, do you remember your first 10 to 20 swipes opening Bumble for the first time? What were these guys like? They were like pretty attractive guys, usually like pretty good careers. A lot of them mentioned like Harvard or that they were some sort of executive type person, Um, usually had a couple photos, not as many blurry selfies taken at arm's length. Yeah, the first 10 to 20 guys are usually very crisp feeling, you know, like the photos are all professional, in focus, beautiful lighting. Maybe even some professional photos in there. Felt like a a PR like package or something like that. And Valerie thinks that this might be intentional. You want to make sure that when they first start using it, they have a good experience, even if that doesn't mean that they meet their future partner in the next in the first 10 swipes. They want to walk away with a good feeling that, oh, this is this is somewhere where, where I can find really attractive people. Then that'll make them want to come back. Now, this can also have the opposite effect. Last night, I ran into a listener in my neighborhood. And I assumed she knew the phrase hotter on Bumble. She's tried out the app. So I said, fill in the sentence, blank on Bumble. She said, preppier on Bumble. Preppier, huh? Because if Bumble guys aren't your type, those first swipes aren't going to keep you around. 
When I first signed up for Tinder after my breakup, I remember that moment like, wow, these guys are out of my league. But I swiped right anyways because maybe I need to rethink my type. Like, even if I wouldn't have that much in common with a banker, at least I could look at him tell me about his vacation to the Swiss Alps and look at his tasteful suit and his perfect chin dimple. So I kept swiping right aspirationally. I swiped right on the sailboats, on the TED Talkers, on the guys giving a toast at a waspy wedding. But I never heard back from any of them. I'd close the app, return a few days later, still no one. And that's when I started to have questions. I started to think like Ryan did. I feel like they're all fake. (laughs) Could there be something more sinister going on here? Could these guys be bots? My name is Satnam Narang, and I'm a senior security response manager at Norton by Symantec. At one point, to be completely honest with you, I had about, and it's it's weird for me to actually admit this to somebody, uh, especially on a podcast, uh, I had about maybe 12 or 13 apps on my phone at one point, a lot of them being these niche uh, South Asian dating apps. And to give you guys some context, I also have 12 dating apps, but, you know, We're both doing research. I told him what I was noticing about those first 10 guys. So I guess what I'm trying to understand here is that you said this, you know, Bumble shows you all these hot, attractive guys at the beginning. I get the same thing that happens to me as well, but I never get any matches. And that is crazy. Satnam has an amazing job. Plus, he's also a musician and a poet and a hip-hop MC. My name is Satnam and I'll be your host this evening. I want to dedicate this one to every single girl that has ever broken my heart. And let me tell you, there have been plenty. And on top of that, he founded a charity to prevent female infanticide in India. He even started Hashtag Elephant Thursday to raise elephant awareness so that elephants will never vanish to the point of Throwback Thursday. But still, no matches on Bumble. If you change your mind, then we could be just fine. Back when Tinder was founded, you couldn't have 12 apps on your phone. Your choices were basically OkCupid or Tinder. And back then, in 2013, Sutton started swiping. I had not received any matches whatsoever when using Tinder. And then all of a sudden, I got a string of matches with maybe four or five girls in the span of, you know, an hour. And he thought this was odd. As a security specialist, he started to wonder if these were real women. I remember the day that it happened very vividly uh, because I was taking a break outside of our offices and one of my coworkers came by and I actually showed him. I was like, you got to check this out, man. This is crazy. And I was showing him the conversation I was having with one of these bots. And I was like, I guarantee you at the end of this conversation, they're going to try to send me to a website and ask me to put in my credit card information. And sure enough, I got a link to a website And it was to have an adult conversation where they would go on a webcam and strip down and and show the goods. But I have to provide a credit card number. So I did further digging. I looked at the fine print and I realized if I put my credit card information in there, after a few days, if I didn't cancel, I would be charged like a lot of money. How do they mimic real human interactions within the apps when you're when you're chatting with a bot? What do they do to seem like a real girl? 
Well, I mean, in the beginning, to be completely honest with you, they weren't really that smart. And I mean, because Tinder is was really a hookup app in the beginning stages, they were trying to target those types of people who were looking to meet meet people for hooking up. So their conversations were pretty vanilla, like, hey, you know, uh, have we chatted before? Here's my age. Where are you from? Even though the app itself tells you how old you are, they were saying that type of stuff. And they talk about how they had a busy week, but they're feeling aroused and they want to have some fun with you. And then they say, hey, I need a guy who can, you know, do me right. And then they're like, I'm going to change my underwear. Do you want to see? You know, for unsuspecting users, they're going to be like, sure, of course. Why wouldn't I want to see? And then they say, okay, I'm going to go on my webcam, but you have to go to this website in order to see it. And you're going to have to go here, click on this link accept my invitation, fill out your information. And then when you get in there, we'll be able to talk, but it'll be private. And the reason is they don't want people to record their webcam or in certain cases, they want to make sure there's age verification. So if you have a credit card, that means you're going to be over the age of 18. So that's why they ask for your credit card. So they come up with all these reasons and excuses for why you have to leave the app or why you can't go into like a SMS conversation uh, but it works, and I think that's the, the whole purpose behind all of it. It doesn't have to get to everybody. It just has to get to enough people. Do you think that this was lucrative for the companies who were running the scam? I don't think there were companies involved behind it. I think individual users, because a, a lot of the websites, these adult dating, adult webcam sites, uh, you know, they're really driven by what's known as affiliate marketing. So... Uh, anybody can sign up to become an affiliate for one of these adult dating or adult uh, webcam sites. And you basically just have to refer people. And when you refer people, you get a little unique identification number. And anytime someone signs up to the website using that identification number, you'll get a little kickback. Since then, the bots have evolved. And they usually follow where those affiliate marketing dollars go. The next trend you notice were bots pushing mobile games like Clash of Clans or Castle Clash. And then we started to see fake sex worker profiles with their faces visible, their prices listed. These are not actual sex workers. And the reason why bots on Tinder are here to stay has a lot to do with the app's popularity. As soon as people start really using the app and it becomes really popular, the scammers start to flood those applications because they know that there's eyeballs that they could potentially monetize. So it becomes very beneficial for them to build bots on these services or create fake profiles and try to scam users uh, out of their money. Another thing that helped the bots along was when Tinder went to Android. That's when their API became vulnerable to being mapped. And if you don't know what an API is, you really don't need to. But the way I think about it is like giving bot makers a map to Tinder City's inner workings. This map is supposed to be kept private, But once they get it, then they can hitch their bots to the city's electric lines, to their plumbing lines. And this isn't just bad news for Tinder. Bots harm the fragile trust that we already feel with all dating apps. Speaking on behalf of of men who use Tinder, you basically become numb to the whole process because you're like, anytime you match with someone, you have to second guess yourself and say, is this going to be a bot? It's probably going to be a bot. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll hear if bots are headed to Bumble next. Or 
if they're already there. Okay, welcome back. We're talking about why Bumble isn't my favorite dating app, even though I really wanted it to be. And the real question is, are all those good-looking guys I see when I open the app, is it possible that they're just bots? My guest today, Satnam Narang, says no. Tinder is the most popular place for these types of bots. So there are technical reasons for this. Bumble's smaller, their API hasn't been mapped, but it also has to do with the personality of the app. They're just less guys on Bumble looking for a casual hookup. And, you know, when Tinder first came out, it was considered a hookup app. So it largely became a, a popular destination for these adult dating and adult cam affiliate-backed sites popping up because that was really the intention of the service. Right, because what would a Bumble bot be selling a Bumble guy? We're told that more of the Bumble guys are there to find a relationship than you find on Tinder. So do you sell them like a half-zip pullover? Couples tennis rackets? Do you sell them a Groupon to a cooking class? Bumble men are unlikely targets. And so are Bumble women. It primarily seems to be fake female profiles, not male profiles. I hadn't really thought about that, but in my years of online dating... I don't think I've ever encountered a male bot. And if I did, I would have so much fun with it. <laughs> yeah. It, it just seems like a matter of time. No, I don't think so. I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll ever encounter that. And I, I, I still can't explain why that's the case. By and large, especially these ones that are trying to monetize through these affiliate programs, almost 99.9% going to be uh, female accounts. Plus, this is so obvious once you actually think about it, but the good-looking guys and girls of Bumble aren't bots, because if they were, they'd be matching with us. How else would they be trying to sell us something? So Bumble bots aren't bots, in the Tinder sense of the word, but that doesn't stop me from hearing conspiracy theories. So let's just knock out a few. Sometimes a friend can see a photo that looks digitally altered, and they'll screenshot and send it to me and say, is this a bot? It's not. There are apps out there for doctoring up your selfies, and some people take it too far, and they can look uncanny as a result. That's not a bot. Another thing I hear is that Bumble is full of people who have sworn they deleted their accounts. Is Bumble trying to bump up their numbers by dragging happily coupled people back into the dating pool? I don't think that's true. I spotted not one, but two of my work colleagues on Bumble colleagues who I know are in happy relationships. So all I did is I just went over and said, did you properly delete the app? You can't just click the icon on your phone to delete. You actually have to go into your profile within the app and opt into deleting your account. It takes a few steps. Don't suspect Bumble. Suspect your friends. Also, sometimes I hear that these attracted people must be stock images or hired models planted by the apps themselves. Satnam's heard this too. There's always been this theory that uh, dating apps themselves create fake profiles in order to entice users to 
continue using the service. I've heard that rumor, especially on a bunch of other like lesser known apps, not these big ones like Tinder or Bumble. So here's my personal theory about why we think bots persist on Bumble. I think it has to do with the conditioning we learned in the early days of Tinder. Being around bots turns everyone around you into bots. And, you know, I've seen conversations where people message real women on the app and say, hey, are you a bot? And I think even on the flip side, women have to deal with men questioning whether or not they're really human or not, which is kind of sad if you think about it, because if you're trying to form a connection with someone, that's really not a good way to start things off. Here's another part of the conditioning we learned on Tinder. When you're on Tinder, the very first people you see when you open the app, these are the people who are most likely to be into you. The app remembers who right-swiped on you while you were away, and it wants you to see those people right away when you first open the app. You know, when I, when I used Bumble for the first time, too, I thought, hey, these matches that are popping up first, they might be interested in me, but I came to find out that's not always the case. And if you're used to hearing, it's a match over and over and over again, right when you open an app, and then suddenly you're hearing a lot of silence, it can be frustrating. And you want to blame someone who wasn't yourself. Bumble promised me it would make online dating more bearable. But there's something broken about it for me. Signing up for Bumble felt like that time I gave in and finally clicked the banner ad on the side of a website for that adorable dress. And then I got to the website for the cute dress, and it's nowhere on the site. I can't find it. It must have, like, sold out or never been here at all. And the problem Bumble is having feels like a storefront problem. Because what they're advertising in those first 10 swipes, it can feel noticeably like a display. I'll tell you why next week. Next time on YOY, it is part two of our deep dive into the Bumble Hive. And I'm holding back all the honey. Yes, the hot Bumble guys are real. We're getting one of them on the phone. And we're going to learn everything you ever wanted to know about ranking algorithms and recommendation systems. And most importantly, we're going to hear from Bumble. Okay, so one last question for you. Okay. Would you uh, like to play Clash of Clans sometime? (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, I would. You seem like a really nice lady, so I'll go ahead and give you my credit card info. Yo, 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 you know and I know I'm nice like that. You know and I know. Our show was produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hilary Frank. Our artwork changes every week thanks to Teddy Blanks at Chips.NYC. Our theme music is by Andy Miklas, Casey Holford, and Lee Rosifer. Special thanks to Mia Lobel, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Behind me is music from our guest today. We have a link to his music and other projects in our show notes. Do you guys want to support this show? Do you have a few minutes? Could you write us an iTunes review? It is so quick and it helps the show so much. You just go to iTunes.com slash YOY. And then I'll owe you a coaster next time we hang out. Speaking of coasters, we are mailing them all over the place. 
They Say podcast and chill with original artwork by Liana Fink. And every week, 10 newsletter subscribers are going to get one of them in the mail. So sign up to become a subscriber. Totally free. YYradio.com. So I already told you guys what's coming up next. So here's a tip instead. I think my favorite is coffee meets bagel. For me, I get three or four potential matches per day. And then if someone feels mutually interested in me, we can start a conversation. And I think I've had the most success using Coffee Meets Bagel. 